Pod Defenders, and welcome to episode 182 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. We are back in world-famous Philomonster Studios, beautiful Burbank, California, and it is I, the Scarf J.R. Liebert, affectionately known as the Mouth of the South Bay, and sitting just about four and a half feet and looking right at me right now, which is a little bit of a change from the way we normally do things here in Philomonster Studios. He is the face, the voice, the heart, and sometimes the liver of MASL itself, the voice of the Ontario Fury, one Christian Philly Philomon. Philly! That's right, folks. We're back at world famous Philomonster Studios, and it feels Studios. so good. That was good. It feels so good. And um, what if is you're, that song? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, right. I'm just ad libbing it as it goes. I'm like just excited it. to be here with you on a Monday. Is there? I'm like Garfield the cat. I love lasagna and I hate Mondays. <laughs> Wait, but the fact that we're, you, am I lasagna? <laughs> <laughs> what, just, what just happened? <laughs> if, if you, my friend, are looking like lasagna to me, Lord knows that pizza oh. that we ate didn't hit the spot. I feel like lasagna after that tailgate. <laughs> I oh feel like God. Garfield. What can I say? Oh. I hate Mondays, but the fact that we get to do stuff on a Monday is kind of cool. It breaks up the monotony of this. this Disgusting, disgusting day. And um, we have some apologies to make. There's no hashtag blame Philly. There is no hashtag blame the scarf. There is a hashtag blame the tailgate. No, just hashtag blame us. (laughs) Blame the tailgate. So, yeah, we we were under the impression in the auspices that we were going to record episode 182 last night. But you you were on the post game with 110. I had the day off, which meant my liver did not have the day off. And so... On my way home, I get a call from the scarf. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, we're going to like, you know, pow, 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 chat about stuff and <laughs> stuff like that. We can't use the word powwow anymore. Yeah, I know. That's why I stopped myself. I, know, I, I know. stopped myself. I know I it's know. not it's not appropriate. I'm sorry. I, it's, it's, we're, it's, we're not looking to offend anybody. We corrected ourselves on air. We're yeah, fine. Go I, mean, on. <laughs> I, I was trying to go for those Batman, you yep. know, kind of cartoon Ow, bubble biff. thingies. But scarf calls me and he goes, hey, Philly. And I'm like, hey, scarf. And he goes, you're already using way too much energy, by the way. It was, hey, um, Philly, um, can we, would you care if we recorded tomorrow? I'm so tired. I, right I, looked, I looked over at Panda and I, and I gave her a fist bump. I'm like, oh, thank God. Because I didn't know if I would have had to drink coffee or anything, but oh. we're, we're not young anymore, defenders. Oh, we're geez. an entire day of tailgating, a game, pregame and postgame uh, stuff, and a pod. Yeah, this isn't 2019 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do it. We tried it in 2021 and we failed miserably and time and time again. And we failed you yet again. And for that, we are sorry. Hashtag blame us. It's 2022 is my favorite part about all that. But either way, it I I went straight to bed. I got home at like 1030 after everything went straight to bed. So, yes, our apologies uh, I, I just also I'm, I'm blaming Scott right now. And Scott, you know who you are. It was two o'clock and you came over anyway. So I, I blame you. I blame Tito. I blame Cabernet. <laughs> Jose, Tito, I blame Jose. all his friends. Yeah. I blame, uh, I don't think the captain was to fall. No, I, I don't believe there were any captains involved. But I just want to give a quick shout out too to uh, Jeff and Alex and everybody involved with the match day covers this season. That was one of the cooler things that they put out well before the match. 
That Halo 2-inspired match day cover brought me back. Oh, my goodness. Lots of high school hours. No wonder we were listening to Breaking Benjamin yeah, earlier. That was from, like, Halo 4, I think. We were having a good time before uh, before we recorded tonight. Absolutely loving the video game-themed match day covers. Castlevania, week one. Halo 2, week two. But, Can't wait for Grand Theft Auto. Uh, uh, it's, you, know it's, you know it's coming. But LAFC... Can we get any match day covers, please? We don't have any of those handouts at the games. This is great work by Jeff and everybody involved there. We got to make this happen. And then one other quick thing I want to mention, Philly, before we continue our banter. Sharice and everybody over at LAFC HQ, I love you. I know Philly loves you. Obviously, the girls do. But I just want to say a very (laughs) big thank you to Sharice and LAFC HQ for making that jersey for Nina happen. It was the first time in five years that Nina was able to wear the new kit on the day that it came out, or at least on our opening day. Yeah, exactly. That's to Sharice and everybody at LAFC HQ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you all so much. You know who doesn't love you? Ooh. Your bank account. You yeah. dropped eighty bucks on a hoodie. I well, I got the the discount. It was like ten percent off, I guess. Then right, and you got so. it in a size that it's not your size. Look, it's here's the here's the thing, guys. This isn't going to come to a surprise to many of you that listen to Defenders of the Bank with regularity. If you haven't listened before, <laughs> I'm I'm a little Where heavier. I'm a little heavier than I want to be. Uh, some might call it fluffy. Some might call it fat. Whatever it is, I'm that. That's me. So I I'm call trying, it huggable. Thank you. I'm trying to turn into a summer scarf <laughs> by the time the All Star Game rolls around. Rather, you know, summer scarves are a little thinner, a little sleeker, right? They don't they don't keep you quite as warm, but you know what? They still do the job. That's what I'm looking to turn into by the end of the season. Also, because of the the good people over at Cedar Sinai and Panda going to be helping out with this, I'm going to have right ankle surgery at some point coming up, and I don't want to have another reason to be heavy. So I'm working on that. So look, here's the deal. Uh, I, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm heavy. There you go. That's all I got, Philly. Heavy, hey. heavy. Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull that everything is heavy in the year 2022? Great Scott scarf. <laughs> By the way, big words from Philly early on. We have gravitational. We, we had, <laughs> you had no credit it. It's all Dr. Had, Emmett Brown on that I was gonna one. Say, you had, you're using big words right now. This is pretty impressive. You know, there here. was a point in my life where I did take the SAT. That's a good job. Uh, like, I want to give a quick shout out to Max and Vince. They had a great last podcast with Ilya Sanchez on there. It was a really fun listen, by the way. If you want to uh, learn all about our, our newest and, and, dare I say, favorite midfielder right now, Ilya Sanchez. I actually have a question I wanted to ask you, and it's yes. based on the 110 thing. Yes. Would you rather have an extra toe or an extra finger? I hated that question so much. I almost threw up in my mouth when they were talking about it while we were rehearsing. I'm, I don't <laughs> like feet. I'm bringing it up. I don't like Dude, I seriously, <laughs> Max and Connor were talking about players' feet, and I was just like, I'm I'm going to throw up on air. I, I, Yeah, whatever. Laugh at me. I don't like feet, all right? So I, I would take an extra finger. That's fine. You got the six-fingered glove from the Princess Bride. I'm good with that. But, oh, my God, dude, if we talk any more feet on this podcast, I'm out. That's yeah, that's it. fair. Oh, all, all right. right. Moving right let's, along. Let's do a little rundown of today's free. episode after the banter, which is 
pretty much done now. This day in LAC history, a little bit of news and notes, a breakdown of the match versus Portland, and of course, a look at our current standings and the schedule. But a quick reminder, if you're not already, and if you're not, why not? Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. Philly, this day in LAFC history, we are recording this match two days after the birthday of Mama Scarf, March 7th. That's right, Monday at 10.58 p.m. on March 7th, 1998. Never used Lamar Batista was born. Why do I call him never used? He was on the club for pretty much all of 2019 and never appeared in a regular season match. March 7th, 1998. Happy birthday to Lamar Batista. So, of course, on March 7, 2019, LAFC loaned out Lamar Batista to Phoenix Rising. <laughs> hey, so, happy birthday. Hey, You're going to Phoenix. Happy birthday. You got an eight-hour bus ride ahead. Enjoy Phoenix. They flew him out at the very least. No, it's USL, right? There's like only so much you can even fly a kid out there in USL. On the 8th in 2016, this is where I met Fern Varela for the first time. The first LAFC snapback hat is released. The launch event was at Nikki's Sports in downtown LA. And there was a solid 50 of us, maybe uh, maybe 100 out there for the LAFC snapback release on March 8th, 2016. Also on the 8th, this time in 2018, Diego Rossi wins the 2018 Week 1 AT&T Goal of the Week for his game-winning goal against the Sounders. And of course, that inspired the famous 11-minute chant for the first goal against the Sounders. Diego there it is. Rossi. Diego Rossi, oh Diego Rossi. I miss that guy so much. Oh Diego Rossi, he scored the first goal against the Sounders. I love Diego Rossi. So yeah, that was the goal that inspired the Diego Rossi chant. March 9th, 2017, Adidas releases the first ever track jacket in club history. And they should have released sold more. sold out in like four minutes. Like too. the oh only thing I don't have that I really, really want. <laughs> that's like my golden goose Yeah, that's... in terms of like LAFC stuff. Like, ever... I want that so bad. Not to bring up the other one that I think that is yours too, but did you ever get the first year parlay? Yeah, that would be the second. All right, so those are the two. Just yeah, want to make sure. And I, I, don't, I can't seem to find my 2019 anthem jacket. <laughs> oh, no. Although, hey, I'm looking at like 20 jerseys hanging in my closet. What go. a freaking stupid I, I finally got my, my new one customized, so it says uh, Scarf 83 on the back of it. So scarf cool. or the Scarf? No, just Scarf. Gotcha. Uh, 310, that's March 10th, 2018. Diego Rossi scoring the first brace in team history in a 5-1 win at RSL, scoring in the 30th and 81st minutes. Steven Betashore recording his first or the first two-assist game in team history. The other goals scored by Latif Blessing, still on the club, Carlos Vela, still on the club, and Benny Failhaber, who is... Happily retired. Dayan Yakovic coaching playing his, SKC2, by the way. That's right. Coaching, uh, excuse me, Dayan Yakovic playing in his 100th Major League Soccer game. And Philly, that was the first ever game where LAFC played in their road white jerseys. So that was fun. Also on uh, March 10, 2018, LAFC launched their mobile app, which is cool. And the last thing I wanted to mention, this is why we went out to the 10th in 2019. No, not the fact that LAFC signed Javi Perez, friend of the podcast, to a contract. He was the team's third round selection in the 2019 Super Draft. No, no, no. Also on the 10th in 2019, LAFC defeated Portland 
at home <laughs> four to one. That's right. A no win way. over Portland. I promise those, those used to happen. Carlos Vela, two assists to go with his 68th minute goal, one minute away from a giggity goal. Mark Anthony K, Christian Ramirez. That's right. And Adama Diamande. Oh my goodness. What names that we are hitting in the throwback or excuse me, the way back machine. 4-1, defeating Portland at home in Philly. Of course, that is this day in LAFC history, hearkening back to, as Phoebe would say on Friends, the days of yore when we used to defeat Portland on a very regular basis. Not so much anymore. Philly, news and notes. There are a couple things that we hadn't reported on after the Week 1 match. So let's get those out of the way. Okay. And I, and this is where I can tell Philly is not following along with the notes right now, but that's okay. Just scroll down and you'll you'll see them. They're right there. I promise. Okay. New, new news and notes. So I was just trying to get my stats up for the Portland game. You talked about the fact that we have no, uh, we haven't beaten them in a while. Yes, yeah, September thirteenth in the year twenty twenty was the last time we beat them. I just wanted to double check. Was that a Friday the thirteenth? I wonder. It feels like it could have been. I don't know. Goodness. Anyways, Carlos Vela named Player of the Week for Week One. That would be what the kids call a no-brainer. His hat trick was the third of his career. He scored them in a 21-minute span. His hat trick gave him 60 regular season goals in MLS. Don't forget, in 1,268 minutes last season. Okay, I wanted to make sure that that's what it said. Yeah, I mean, uh, Vela scored a total of five goals. That is an awful long time to only have that many goals. Carlos Vela kind of nipped that in the bud. And uh, he had plenty of opportunities to where he could have padded his scoring line, but more on that later. So Carlos and Ilya both named Team of the Week for Week 1, also a no-brainer. In the 90 minutes that he played for LAFC, Ilya Sanchez has already solidified himself as a defender that we can certainly rely on. Will we compare him to Edward Atuesta? No, but he's certainly a really good midfielder. I was going to say a defender we can rely on who also plays midfield. I like Yeah, well, I said that because he is versatile. For he those is. of you who think I made a faux pas, no, because I, I did. last sure. season... SKC was beaten, battered, and bruised. So Peter Vermees used him in the center back role, yeah, which Peter. is not something that we would really want to have. But still, that is the case. A versatile player. I think every time Peter Vermees smiles, an angel gets his wings because it just doesn't happen very often. <laughs> what, what are we in the movie, Hook? <laughs> Rufio. 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 One more bit of news about Carlitos, at least coming out after that last game. ESPN's Taylor Twelman reporting that contract extension talks are underway between LAFC and Carlos although we'll see what it's like after the second game where he may or may not have been hurt. Both Kellen Acosta and Franco Escobar were also fined for their roles in the little pushing and shoving deal against Colorado. Maxime Cropot not fined for running 35 yards over and giving two people a bear hug, but that's all good. And Philly, after this match, it is news and notes, and we'll talk about why this happened. Mamadou Fall, week two. Team of the week. So, congrats to Mamadou Fall. Hey, you, Philly. You mentioned Lamar Batista earlier yeah, on. Yes. I mean, it, it, him and Mamadou Fall, kind of like similar structure, like very tall, very, very tall, solid, solid defenders. Would have been interesting to see. How those two would have like squared off against each other? Yeah, I mean, look, Mohamed Traore, another tall drink of water, right? That we've got on a the drink back of line. water, he says. But but here's what I will say: what separates Mamadou Fall? I think the kid just has that chutzpah. I believe is is cojones. Oh, so, so, so now uh, you're speaking Yiddish. Yeah, we had a little Spanish, a little Yiddish. The, the dude <laughs> so just we can, has, can we start calling you the puck? <laughs> <laughs> the dude that just has that it factor. You know what I'm saying? Mamadou Fall, the kid is special. Yeah. And look, if you are still upset about him celebrating, get over it. 
Uh, a player, Philly, when you and I were sitting there in preseason, we were impressed by two things. One in the first half, Franco Escobar really impressed us with his first 45 minutes uh, that we watched him play against New England. And then there was this kid, number 40, I think is what he was wearing, right? As oh, he, Philip Echimato's old number. I know, right? As, as he came out on the pitch, he was playing on the left side in midfield, and, and you and I were scrambling. We were like, wait a minute. He's not listed on the roster that LAFC gave us. This kid is obviously trialing with the club. Alex Villanueva, Philly, we really liked this kid, at least what we saw in preseason. We were hoping maybe they'd be able to stash him and get over to the lights and keep him in the organization. Not meant to be, Philly. He's going behind the Orange Curtain to Orange County Soccer Club. And so good luck to Alex Villanueva. They kick off their season this weekend. Uh, it should be fun to watch. I I want to I want to see how this kid does, Alex Villanueva. Yeah, and, and and the last bit of notes in case you hadn't seen on the warm up jerseys on opening day, Rockstar has elevated their partnership with LAFC to include their logo on our warm ups. They are now the official training kit partner for LAFC in 2022, and in addition, all players and technical staff will wear it during official team training sessions and pregame warm ups for the rest of the season. Now, this is what's kind of funny to me. All right, last season, our training jerseys were nectar. And that was a snooze fest of a season. We have a nectar nap room at the training facility. This year, it's rock star. Do you think there are any subtle hints to, as <laughs> to where the club is going? Nectar, you sleep. Rock star, you don't. And I'm not going to be sleeping on this LAFC team, that's for sure. I have a quick question for you. What kind of mattress is here in Casa de la Fila Monster? Uh, obviously, the, the branding worked because with the <laughs> discount, we have a nectar Nectar mattress. Uh, it's not a as double. does Nina. As does Nina. Yeah, you guys both went in on the uh, the nectar mattresses. Yeah, so. I, th- I mean, I like it. We we got the nectar pillows as well. Yeah. And I guess I never realized how poopy my mattress was prior <laughs> to that. I I would wake up with you know, oh, there's a crick in my neck. I'd be like the genie coming out of the lamp in Aladdin. <laughs> Ten thousand years will give you such a crick in the neck. Oh, rest in peace, Robert Williams. Oh man, I can't believe. But yeah, it. by I'm the way, nectar. We we know you guys listened the podcast we we would love a sponsor we're just saying i love your mattress right i sleep good (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly that's the tagline we'll use nectar don't worry just uh knock on our door and we'll come and knock on our door so philly you just mentioned a stat that i i don't like very much and that was September 13th of 2020, yeah, is that correct? It's clown shoes. That's the last time that we beat the pesky pine trees of Portland. How's that for an iteration? Not and really. that was a game in which we had goals scored by Mark Anthony Kay. Yes. No longer with us. No. Diego Rossi. Yes. No longer with us. No. Bradley Wright Phillips. No yes. longer with us. No. Danny Musoski. Still here. Yay. That's the last time we beat them. Last season. Yeah, it's crazy. Like going back and doing the research for this pod and even one more sleep, knowing and realizing that we didn't beat Portland at all in 2020 was kind of nuts. We played them three times. Here's the scoring line. Game one, two to one. Game two, two to one. Game three, Scarstradamus. Two to one. Two to one. Fascinating. I can't believe it's been that long since we've beaten Portland. Yeah, this is a team. The the guys (laughs) over at 110 Football we're asking is, is has Portland become the kryptonite? Um, it's, it's well, they are green. It's possible. I don't, I don't know. I think, look, just like the I don't know the the San Antonio Spurs coached by Greg Popovich or the the Pittsburgh Steelers coached by Mike Tomlin, you just know you're in for a grind every single time you play. 
those teams, whether it's Mason Rudolph or Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, right? Whether it's Tim Duncan or Dewan Blair at power forward, it it really doesn't matter. You know what you're going to get by playing these teams, and the exact same thing is true for the Giovanni Savarese-led Portland side. They just grinded out their probably the most physical team in Major League Soccer. I mean, they've got the walking yellow card in Diego Chara. <laughs> it's it's unreal to me how physical this team is. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Ah, thank you. Uh, I have a thought on Portland's physicality and the way that Steve Chirundolo... What's you're just pressing buttons again? Yeah, that button said horror. So when you talked about Portland, right. I thought horror. I like it. Okay. I've got a thought though about the way Steve Chirundolo set up his strategy and coached this game. And I actually think we tried to use Portland's physicality against them and it worked for us. Like an Aikido type deal? Uh, sort of. Yeah. You know, you use your own momentum against you. There you go. It's uh you know, be water. Uh look, let's get into the lineups, Philly. I'll take the Portland lineup, but if you don't mind. Uh, why don't you start out with the black and gold of LAFC and their starting 11 in round two of the Steve Trundle era? In between the pipes, have your breakfast crepes. It's Maxime Crepeau, number 16. Why was there an Irish or whatever that That accent? wasn't Irish. There was something. I, it was, it was kind of like, get like I don't know, it's like a, like a Ringling Brothers and Bartman Bailey theme to it. Why that came out, I don't know, man. I don't sometimes, know what that was. Sometimes, sometimes I just have verbal diarrhea. What do you want from me? I talk so much poop, I have halitosis. What They're can I say? after your lucky charms, Philly. That's all I know. <laughs> what is everybody? I always laugh when I say that. <laughs> they are after me, lucky terms. Anyway, uh, our back line consisting of Franco Escobar for all of a cup of coffee. Jesus David Murillo, Mamadou Fall, who uh, we'll talk about his heroics later on. Cheeky Palacios, thinking, you know, maybe Ryan Hollingshead would have gotten his start. But no, that's fine. Sticking with that same back line as the last game. Uh, midfield, sticking with the same midfield we had last game as well. Jose Cifuentes, Ilya Sanchez, Kellen Acosta. And rounding out the front line, Carlos Vela. We welcome back Chicho Arango. Chicho, in case you forgot, did not start the last game. Opoku Mahala was the one who started there because Chicho wasn't match fit and he sustained an injury. And then rounding it out, a designated player who finally started playing like a designated player. Yes. Scott's, Scott's, Scarf's, great <laughs> <Great>, Scarf. <laughs> Scarf's favorite player on LAFC. Oh. Brian, oh, Brian, on the left flank, he came a-flying. Several times, by the way, in this match, and we will talk about all of them. I still don't know if he's replaced Latif as my favorite player. It's Latif has more of a body of work. That's true. You can, yeah. That that but, would not but be Brian fair. Brian has more of a body, according to the ladies. There you go, uh, Philly. Anybody in the eighteen that we should? Oh God! Anybody in the eighteen that we should worry about, Philly for LAFC? That we should worry about? Yeah, you know, we should talk about maybe a little bit. Maybe we would see somebody come off the bench in like the thirteenth minute or something. Well, perhaps, perhaps yes. Latif Blessing, obviously the game changer, the star man, playing everywhere. <laughs> Ryan Hollingshead, a, a veteran coming to us from FC Dallas. Kim Moon Juan, who has been MIA for the, se- the season. Sebastian Abiaga, Opoku, Pancho Janela, talk about, you know, being on the back of a milk carton. Uh, Daniil Henry, Mr. John McCarthy. Yeah, backup keeper. Yeah, he noticed that we don't have Thomas Romero on, on this list. More on that later. And of course, the Moose, Danny Musovsky, and managing your LAFC lineup, Steve Chirundolo. <laughs> I don't even know what's Powered by Cabernet. Let's talk, let's talk about Portland's lineup. We already talked about their head man, Giovanni Savarese. He's been there for quite some time now and is one of the better coaches in Major League Soccer and more successful coaches, by the way. 
The goalkeeper was Aljash Ivacic, Slovenian, Portland since 2019. He played in a whopping two matches in 2025, in 2021, and now the starting nod in 2022. Of course, Jeff Atzanella and Steve Clark both gone from the, I guess you can call them glory years of the last five or six years for Portland. Defending is Jose Van Rankin, Bill Tuiloma, Claudio Bravo, who we'll talk about in a little bit. And their fourth defender, Zach McGraw. Why am I excited about Zach McGraw? Because he is from the... Does it remind you of Tug McGraw? No. Oh, I love Tug McGraw, by the way. Gotta Uh, believe. From Torrance, California, the childhood home of the scarf. So it was cool. It was cool for me to to find that out about Zach McGraw. I still don't like you because you're on the Portland Timbers, but hey... We're both from Torrance. In the midfield, Santiago Moreno, Diego Chara, Christian Paredes. And he, he was listed as a midfielder, but he kind of played up top a whole lot. Diron Espria. Something I do want to mention about Christian Paredes. We got some intel from the twins, Lalo and Gaston. They spotted Guillermo Barros Gelotto in Founders oh, yeah. Club. yeah, he was with his kid. Absolutely. And they asked him, Guillermo, what, what brings you to LAFC? And he said, well, actually, I'm here to scout Christian Paredes because uh, Guillermo Barros Gelotto is the manager of Paraguay now. So hopefully Christian Paredes is going to make the roster based on what he did, or at least partially based on what Guillermo Barros Gelotto saw from him. So the Paraguayan headband... GBS, of course, the former Carson head man, was here scouting. Better known for his days within the Columbus crew. For sure. Uh, And then our two forwards that we'll talk about, Yaroslav Nishgoda from Poland and Yimmy, the bicycle rider, Chara. He (laughs) has been, he's been, you know what? He scored two great goals in two weeks. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. In the 18, just a couple of people that I want to mention. Sebastian Blanco, of course, the player of the tournament for the MLS is back tournament before tearing his knee apart. Defender George Foshive, and he's always a solid piece off the bench. And their backup keeper, the longtime gal starting keeper. That's right, David Bingham back in the building, this time for Portland. And oh, how the mediocre have fallen. That David Bingham, (laughs) now the backup keeper in Portland, Philly. Let's get right into it. You know, we might not go exactly minute by minute, although I think we've got a pretty good rundown. But let's talk for the first 20 minutes. They really came out and blitzed us, did Portland. The back line not looking very good. They were disorganized, allowed several good runs, got caught on the counter. They they just weren't very good. There was the fifth minute chance from Nishkoda and the 12th minute chance from Yimmy Chara, who got a lot of the ball. But luckily, again, right at Maxime Cropo. But Philly, in kind of an uh-oh moment, although what we would find out later is this player came on, uh, came into the match injured. We had the first sub happening just 13 minutes in, Philly. Yeah, lucky number 13. Franco Escobar came into the match, banged up from practice, and he needed to come out. And they were warming up Ryan Hollingshead relatively quickly. And obviously a big cause for concern among all the LAFC faithful because Franco Escobar has looked really good. And he's obviously a player that, you know, the club took a chance on. You know, spent a great deal of time, you know, trying to do contract negotiations and bring him in. But, hey, uh, I guess everybody knew something was going on, that something was up. Again, he he tried to play through it, but nothing happened. So we have Ryan Hollingshead coming in. And here's the interesting part. In terms of positioning, yeah. that really would have been Kim Moon Wan's role. 
to, to fill in. But uh, from what I heard during the press conference, uh, Kim's not match fit or match ready yet. Will he play this season? Uh, Steve Chirundolo was quoted as yes, but he's going to have to fight for his minutes. Rolling Holling said being versatile and being able to play on both sides of the ball. That is why he slotted into that position. So very interesting turn of events. Yeah, and you know, look, we we said coming into the season, LAFC, or at least I thought, personally, this might be the deepest we've ever been. I'm just not a big fan of testing this depth so early on. Philly in the 18th minute, there goes that man again. The goal of the week awarded in week one to Yimmy Chara for a beautiful bicycle kick in which, I mean, he left his feet. He leapt. It was a thing of beauty, just like you'd see in a video game. Week two... He does something relatively similar. This one, a much more subdued bicycling experience, more like renting a beach cruiser up and down Venice Beach. But still, it got the job done. Maybe Cropo was a little out of position. I definitely don't think he nor any of the 22,000 in the stadium or the millions. <laughs> and there it is. And millions. We're expecting you have Yimmy to set me up for Chara. a better one later I, on, by the way. I, well, we've, we've got others. Don't worry. Uh, but Yimmy Chara, again, finding those that bike rack and, and I mean one nothing LAFC down to Portland early and I got a lump in my throat because Philly what do we know about Portland they play that low block style they sometimes shove eight maybe even nine defenders back into the box especially if they have a lead and here we are not even 20 minutes in Philly and we have given Portland the lead Hold on to your butts. I was not happy with this at all because this lets Portland play Portland football for the rest of the match. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we talk about formations. I mean, they started out with a, with with a four four two. Yeah, they they obviously made it like 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 a nine one zero as that game goes. And obviously, if you look at the stats, that that will be the case. But you know, Jimmy Jimmy Chara again. You know, you got you got to tip your hat off to him. Two incredible goals that will no doubt be goals that will be nodded at the end of the year for for goal of the year. I, I can't believe he did it two games in a row. But, yeah. you know, coming in, nothing nothing happens. A little back and forth. 33 minutes into the match, off of a Vela corner, Mamadou strikes. Not the way we wanted him to, but he struck. <laughs> Header blocked in front. You know, Carlos comes back out, and let's just say his effort just outside of the box. Like, Carlos had a great shot, great save by Ivicic. And uh, also within that 33-minute, Kellen Acosta pushes one just over the left post and crossbar. So we have LAFC at this point at least attacking. Carlitos knocking on Ivacic's door. Acosta knocking on his door, wanting to test out the young keeper. You mentioned how much burn he got last season and the year prior. In three years with Portland, the kids played eight games. So we can't say that Portland got an upgrade in between the pipes. Steve Clark was a really, really good keeper. Despite not making spectacular saves or being spectacular in his own right, Steve Clark was a darn good goalkeeper and Ivicic had shown flashes of brilliance but you know we'd think that LAFC would have taken a little bit more advantage of this young kid uh in this game yeah and from this from about the goal scoring point honestly from about the 70 minutes to go in the match but I'll say definitely from the final hour of the match LAFC got the better chances they turned the screws a little bit harder up on their press because they knew that they'd have to break down this block of eight in the 37th minute, Carlos lifting a free kick over the crossbar. And in the 44th, I mean, this was another play where great service by Carlos Vela. I think we were expecting more of it from Kellen Acosta. We got some of it in the first half, but not a lot of good service in the second half. I think it had a lot to do with what we're going to talk about just after halftime. 
But in the 44th minute, Mamadou Fall has his header saved off the back line in what very easily could have been a goal. It was not even the keeper that saved it off the back line. One of the defenders slotted in behind, made the save. And we go into stoppage time where Chicho's able to redirect one off of a corner. But Philly, for the most part, not a lot going on. And we are at one nothing at the half with Portland happy to play their formation and happy to be up one nothing on the road. Yeah, Portland's certainly playing Portland's uh, ball. And, you know, I, we saw, by the way, you did an excellent job on LAFC 360, the pregame and the postgame oh, show, you. and obviously Expansion Mansion. You've been the busier of the two uh, of us over over the last 24 hours. Like, and you've been doing a great job. Thank uh, you. The interesting thing is, like, you know, you want to talk about, you know, and Vince mentioned this, uh, the age-old question, who dominated? Yeah. Um, you could talk about possession. You can talk about shots. You could talk about shots on target. You could talk about passing accuracy. But Portland scored a goal, and Portland did what they wanted to do. So you can argue that at this point, Portland is playing exactly the way they're meant to play, and that's just score and frustrate us. I mean, they're, they'll lull you to sleep and then punch you in the junk when you're least expecting it, and that's exactly <laughs> what Portland does. Anyway, halftime, one nothing. You said it. LAFC control possession. They had they had chances, but it's all philosophy. We'll go through the stats at the end. LAFC took a barrage of shots, uh, but not many of them on eh, a fair amount of them on target. But anyway, that's that's the story there. And let's get into the second half. Yeah, and and look, let's just start it off, Philly. Second half, LAFC comes out. Everybody's warming up, ready to go. We break out into our formation of eleven, and then you and I said to each other, "Wait, what?" what? I mean. Are you? We did. did? <laughs> yeah. Did you Did you see number ten, Carlos Vela, out there? I I didn't see number ten, Carlos Vela, out oh, there. Oh, oh well, no. That yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I didn't know that we went wait what together at the same time at that point. I, we didn't, but I was saying that we did for the podcast. Oh, oh okay. It cool. sounds better. If, uh, oh, okay. What, we were, what, we were, so, so cue it up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Philly, as we watch those 11 guys come out, and we're not editing this. We're leaving that in there, guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, as we watch the 11 come out, we look at each other and we go, wait, what? Because, nah, you know, works. we were only a couple rows away from each other, so we can do that. No, we sat next to each other. No, at, at that point, we did, yes. But look, <laughs> either way, we normally sit, look, huh. Carlos Vela did not come out to start the second half. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's I, like, God, no, not I'm again. I'm freaking out. You're freaking out. We're like, no, no, no. We saw this movie last year. It was miserable. It was called, hey, Carlos, you're in the elevator, not on the pitch. Cool. Nice to see you. Uh, it's like, hey, we got a nectar mattress for right, you. Right? I mean, Mahala coming in for Carlos Vela. Now, what we heard after the match, Philly, is that it was relatively precautionary that he came out with 45 minutes in the second match of the year because precautionary reasons and they wanted to keep him as healthy as possible we want to emphasize on the word precautionary let's hope that's true. a long season a grind of a season if there's any inkling that carlitos is meh you're gonna want to take that seriously like if yeah. he wanted to play he's not as young as a franco escobar is you know what yeah. I'm saying? He yeah. doesn't have that Wolverine X-Men ability to heal himself as quickly. For Franco sure. Escobar can fight through an injury, and he was smart enough to say within the 13th minute, I can't do it. You know what? Maybe the same thing happened to Carlos. Sure. He said, I, I don't want to do this, or I can't do this, or whatever the case may be. He was playing a pretty darn good game at this point. Like He had some of the better opportunities that LAFC did, but if there's any cause for concern, you're going to want to let him ride the pine pony because game two against Portland is not where you're going to want to see him. 
Riding the pine pony is what I think Portland makes you do after they win by a large margin, but that's okay. Uh, so the other thing I have to say, though, too, Philly, is what what I saw noticeably drop off in the second half was the quality of service on set pieces, whether it be corners or free kicks. I was really unhappy with how the second half went, especially, unfortunately, with Kellen Acosta. I didn't think it was his best match ever in terms of set pieces. But I think a lot of that had to do with number 10 coming out of the match. We saw a couple of different corners by Carlos Vela leading to some of the better opportunities. That Mamadou fall ball that came off the back line. Another one that went to Mamadou that winds up springing out back to Carlos that you mentioned where uh, Ivacic made a great save on it. Some of the better opportunities came off of Carlos Vela set pieces. But here we are. In the 45th minute, Mahala, Quadwo Poku, in for Carlos Vela. But at least he made himself right at home, Philly. 49th minute, got right into things with a, a shot partially deflected and then saved by Ivacic. And then in the 51st, Brian keeps Portland honest with a shot from the left. Brian Rodriguez coming up the left-hand side in the second half might just be the uh, the theme of the second half. But I think you had talked about it a little bit earlier. Ivacic played a fan fantastic game in this match punctuated by two early saves in the second half no he certainly did but you know who else played a really good match your buddy brian yes he who, did who you have written down here is brain i, I did i saw <laughs> what are we you, gonna do now brain you heard me chuckle Why, i'm gonna score like, i'm gonna pass and like have somebody <laughs> score on the left flank baby. <laughs> yeah 61st minute and i think if you ask giovanni Savarese to a man like hey uh, what did you think about that move that you made in the 61st minute to sub on Foshive and Blanco for Paredes and Nishkoda? It, were you okay with that, considering what happened in the 62nd minute? And he will tell you, absolutely not. I wish I would have kept those other guys out there. In the 61st, Foshive and Blanco come on, and and this is that gives them less pace. It gives them better organization on the back line. Blanco is an excellent defensive midfielder, really likes to hold strong with the ball, and Fochive is a, a perennial solid defender back there for Portland. But Philly, in the 62nd minute, the match changed for everybody involved. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Portland being the pesky pine trees that they are, they, they foul. And what happens when they foul as ridiculously and as harshly as they do, they get smacked with a card. A couple of Tweety Birds, as I like to refer to them. So what ended up happening within that 60-second minute, Mr. Claudio Bravo picks up his second yellow for hooking Chicho as he came around on the right side. And Portland goes down a man with a half hour left for LAFC to capitalize. You can argue that it was a tactical foul. But obviously, it puts Portland in a very big disadvantage. Claudio Bravo, you lose him. That that that's a big deal. But you mentioned Blanco. Anytime Blanco enters the lineup, it's a scary thing. When he came on last season after his injury, Portland became a different team. From August 29th of last season up until the final against NYCFC, 13-3-2. And mainly all of that was due to the, to Blanco. Blanco being a part of the line. Bar, yep. Br- Blanco passing. I mean, we could call him Bronco. I mean, he's a thoroughbred horse when he's healthy. It, it, he's a player to watch out for. But Claudio Bravo getting that second yellow certainly changed the trajectory. But what also changes for LAFC in the 67th minute, the star man playing on the right. His name is Latif Blessing, and he's expletive dynamite. Really he, good. He comes into the match with Cheeky Palacios, and LAFC is clearly getting ready to get it started. 
Yeah, look, LAFC bringing in another offensive player, moving up another attacker there. It was kind of interesting. It definitely wasn't a like-for-like sub, as I don't believe Latif Blessing slotted into Cheeky Palacios' spot there on the back line. Chicho pushing a free kick just over the crossbar in the 71st minute, and Ilya pushing one over the bar after a great run by Sifu up the left side in the 72nd minute. And then from there on out, Philly, I really thought, The last uh, 15 minutes or so of this match was the Brian Rodriguez show. And he starts it out in the 76th minute. He kind of fired a little knuckleball there into the box. It looked it uh, sort of, by the way, reminded me of Laurent Simon's free kick, which kind of knuckled by Stefan Fry for a goal in our first match at Bank California Stadium. But again, another save by Ivacic, though it did give us a corner. But another run by Brian Rodriguez up the left side in the 77th minute and another save by Ivacic. I'm loving his work rate right now. And then Philly, we get another offensive player coming on in the 78th minute. Yeah, I mean, I wish the uh, the rights for these weren't so expensive because this would have been a great time to cue in the Rolling Stones' Can You Hear Me Knocking song. But after what they did to the Verve and Bittersweet Symphony, I do not want to test Mick <laughs> Jagger and Keith Richards. If y'all don't know about that, Google Rolling Stones and Bittersweet Symphony. That is an ugly, ugly tale. But talking about players subbing in, 78th minute, more reinforcements you got... Uh, more reinforcements on the fright line. Sifu comes out. Sifu and his blonde hair coming out for Danny <laughs> the Moose Musovsky. I, I love the Moose. I, I think Moose is going to shine again this season. I like the Moose. Hopefully, he gets plenty of goals, and we can refer to him as the Meese. <laughs> I, I know that's not correct, <laughs> but I don't know. Something funny about the word Meese. It just makes me smile. Anyways, that that's happens great. in the 78th, 84th. A cheeky little pass from Mahala to Chicho, and his rocket of a header is saved by Ivacic again. This guy is making Portland fans go Steve Clark. Ooh, the ball actually looked like it got past him off the inside of the post, but it went back out to him. And, you know, he certainly was busy. I think at the end of the day, maybe six of them. Yeah, I think six of them were on target, but LAFC took about 20 or so shots. Yeah, that's a busy, busy day for uh, for Ivacic, but he certainly earned his keep. Yeah, look, he had, a, I, dare I say, his his best game, maybe, as uh, as a Portland Timbers keeper. His ninth game, for sure. Right? In the 90th minute, another great run by Brian Rodriguez. He passes it back to Chicho, who again pushes one over the crossbar. I would like everybody, seriously, there was a time where we were re-watching this match, and I was re-watching some of the highlights, and I paused, and this one frame, there are five, count them, five defenders within a yard and a half, two yards of Brian Rodriguez as he comes into the box. He did exactly what he was supposed to do on this run, drew five defenders. Again, please go back and look at this 90th minute run, not the run that led to a goal, but the 90th minute run right before that where he finds a wide-open Chicho, and Chicho just pushes it over the bar. And on to stoppage time we go, and Philly, it happened in the 76th minute, in the 77th minute, in the 90th minute. And finally, a run by Brian Rodriguez breaks down the defense enough for what had to have been the most exciting moment of the match in the third minute of stoppage. I mean, I remember when Adama Diamande scored that awesome goal the first game of the season against Sporting Kansas City. The, the the place was electric. The place was electric. And, you know, despite the fact that we were working from behind again, 
You know, you have Mamadou Fall streaking in, and I the, the Portland defense took their eyes off Mamadou because after Brian Rodriguez put Portland in his back pocket, Mamadou there for the equalizer. Incredible run. Mamadou had a bunny. Uh, and shout out to Jay Rojas. Jay yeah, Jay Rojas, A75. A75. Sorry, yep. I just made sure I wanted to read yeah, that correctly. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, he, he unearthed a cool little nugget. It was Chicho who pushed Fall to make his run into the box. You would have to watch that again. Clearly something that would not come up on the stat sheet, but something that if you rewatch that play makes, makes it evident. Fall runs in, gives a high five to be real. Everybody in the bank is insane in the membrane. It is just beautiful. <laughs> high fiving with Dr. Green Thumb and, and Owen Wilson. I can't believe Owen Wilson was there. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't have that sound option. No, we don't have that one on here. But Philly, real quick, we're gonna talk about the the almost disaster in the fifth minute stoppage time in a minute. Your thoughts, because I know I have thoughts. On the people ripping 19-year-old, I think he's 19, he might just be 18, but I think he's 19, 19-year-old Mamadou Fall for over-celebrating that goal in the third minute of stoppage. I think it's the most ridiculous POS take I, I've ever heard, because if I was Mamadou Fall and that would have happened to me, I would have done that, maybe run into the stands, grab somebody's beer, chugged it, and ran back on the field. If there's anything he should be chastised for, it's not celebrating enough. Way to go, young man. 19 years old, doing something incredible. Is it a win? No. Did we have enough time to go out there and battle, potentially scrape another goal? Yeah, possibly. But that is a beautiful moment in time. And life, for for its ups and downs and all the stupid craziness that it's been evoking and giving us, that kid did something monumental that he will remember for the rest of his life. Why should he not celebrate that? What were you doing at 19, Scarf? Oh, man, are you kidding? I was celebrating when I got a girl to look at me or my AOL instant messenger was working right. I don't even remember at that point, but... There, I, th- th- there you go. Don't yeah. That kid did... Let him celebrate, man. It's so hard to score a goal in the outdoor game. And he did it on such an emotional night. The vibe, the energy in Bank of California Stadium was incredible. How could you not want to see that kid celebrate? I'm happy. I'm just upset he didn't grab somebody's beer and chug it. And that's my take. Yeah, look, I have two thoughts on it. Number one, he absolutely should celebrate it, right? I mean, come on, it's a huge goal. Portland playing so physical. Mamadou was part of the buildup and part of the action for for several good chances. But I will say, Ryan Hollingshead did run over to him as he was celebrating, say, hey, come on, we got to get you back out there. And I think a, a little bit more of a veteran player would have gone over, celebrated for just a second, and then grabbed the ball out of the back of the net and put it back on the uh, the center pitch circle because they were looking for another. But that being said, you're the, kid, the kid jumped on the stands and put on a sombrero last time he yeah, scored a goal. No, what would look, you expect you're, anything less? Well, you're absolutely right, though. You, you got to give the kid his due. And, and, and I think those fans that are just looking for something to pick on every time they go out there instead of actually enjoying this match for what it was. And that's the kind of thing they're going to hang their, their hat on. But, Philly, let's talk about the fifth-minute almost disaster for LAFC on a quick counter I mean, look, we, we talked about it time and time again in seasons past where LAFC scores a goal and then right after they give up a goal. How devastating would it have been in the fifth and final minute, what would have actually been the sixth minute of five minutes of stoppage time if Yimmy Chara got one, but Maxime Cropot coming out to cut off the angle and make the save on Yimmy Chara to see out a point for the home side. Philly, a very well-earned point and a point that... I don't think we thought we were going to get 
with the kind of discipline that Portland was showing in their block. No, and I would agree with you. And I think if this was last season's team, we we would have been morally defeated after that one goal. And, and that would have been it. Would they have battled? Sure. I don't think that they would have tied the game and, and evoked so much emotion. Thank God Maxime Cripo made that save because a fourth straight two to one loss to Portland would have been such a pain. Oh my God. I didn't rear. even think of that. The scoreline would have been two one. Yeah. That, oh. that would have been the disaster to me. Jimmy Char is obviously oh. a fabulous player. Uh, the, both Charas are really good players within their own right. I, I find them despicable, but they are really good players. But ho- thankfully, Maxime Cripo did his thing, and LAFC ends up stealing a point on a very, very fun, energetic Sunday night. And yes, I say oh, Sunday night, tongue-in-cheek, because Sunday night games, they're not rough. fun, man. They're rough. Philly, let me let me get your take on the match. What are some of your thoughts coming away with it? You know, this is Portland, so it's always a tough test. Another game at Bank California Stadium, game number two in the Steve Trundle era. What do you think? I mean, I don't know if you're gonna. We we didn't have a post product. Well, post. We didn't have a pre production meeting about That's this, okay. so I don't know if you're gonna throw say- out what you got. I mean, I I love I loved how Brian Rodriguez played. Like what what happened is like the kid played on fire. The kid played passionately. He had four shots. Three of them were on target. Brian was a pest as far as the Portland defense was concerned. As far as Ivicic is concerned, a pest within his own right. Normally, Brian would give us spurts of of excellence and then kind of hide or make some mistakes or or dribble and. Tr- Traffic and turn the ball over, but I mean his play. It was his. It was his drive. It was his counter that that led to that Mamadou fall goal. So obviously he gets the game winning assist. But even before that, he played hard. He he passed the ball efficiently. He he he, he acted like he cared. You know, not to yeah. say that he didn't care, but the fact that he was playing and driving and, and just in the ninetieth minute. Like, maybe I would have understood this if it was the 75th and then he might have disappeared. But this is a different Brian right now. Brian seems to be checked in. I think the relationship that he has with Chirondolo is far better than maybe what he had with Bob. Maybe Bob didn't utilize Brian to the best of his abilities. But obviously him coming back off that disastrous loan in Spain might have matured him. We talked about it on the couch as we were watching old, ridiculous, like, 80s videos. And by the way, <laughs> New Kids on or the a Block. Or New Kids on the Block one that's supposed to look like one. Yeah, did a video with salt and pepper and Vogue and, and, and Rick Astley. Uh, give it a look-see. I, I, I wanted to hate every minute of it and I turned out to enjoy it. But he was my man of the match because the kid played hard and he his pass led to that game-winning goal by Mamadou. Yeah, look, it's always nice when somebody else is giving praise to Brian Rodriguez in the LAFC world. So I'll gladly let you take that one. Normally, it's me and I am the pilot of the Titanic as we're uh, as we're hitting that iceberg here. But <laughs> I'm just in the band. Man. <laughs> but look, I, I think Portland is always a good test, right? We talked about this at the beginning. Uh, I think that even though they go down to 10 men, they don't lose their shape in the back line. If anything, they probably come even more compact. So it's even tougher to get a goal on them now that they're down. And so I was so happy with the effort, the resiliency of this club after being down and getting opportunity. I mean, we were knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking on that door for the entire second half. And I am just so proud of the way these guys fought, obviously, especially Brian Rodriguez, Mamadou Fall for making the run. But I do think we played right into Portland's hands. People are going to say, oh, we dominated the whole match. And then we we only we only came away with a, with a draw. Look, Portland knew what we were going to do from minute one. And like Ali leaning on the ropes in a lot of his great fights, they were doing the rope-a-dope against us. And they were just absorbing what we threw at them, absorbing what we threw at them. 
and it didn't affect their back line anyway. So the fact that LAFC was able to defend the bank for the first time in quite a while and salvage that point back to kind of re-rest control away from Portland in that match, I thought it was absolutely huge and a very well-earned point, and those points are going to be extremely important. Speaking of which, Philly, smooth segues with the scarf. The standings after week two in MLS, now that every point matters, especially this point from Portland. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking. They don't call him the best color man in the business for nothing. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's interesting. So, I mean, LAFC is sitting in third place right now, tied for third in the West with four points from two matches. Who would have thought that FC Broccoli would have been the team in first place? Yes, granted, they haven't exactly played anybody good, but Ugh. dude, goals four, ten. Yeah, when I mean, I would like to go through a handful of games and see how many times they they how many games it took them to score ten. Sure, they're they're ten goals for one goal against a a goal differential of nine. I mean, hey, kudos to the uh, to the FC Broccoli supporters, man. They, they, they've they been in for a real treat. I'll let them sit on it. But the other team that we have to look up to, which kind of sucks donkey, is, is Carson. Uh, both teams, we're talking about Broccoli and, and Carson. They won their first two games in very different ways. It just said Portland, 10 goals in their first two games. Uh, but again, FC Cincinnati and Inter-Miami, wooden spoon contenders, baby. Not looking good. Carson did their thing in the 90th minute against NYCFC. And let me tell you, a sad and tired NYCFC team. Yep. And if it wasn't for Efren Alvarez in front of 75,000 fans at Bank of America Stadium in, uh, in in Charlotte, North Carolina, which, by the way, what a crowd, man. What a crowd. It was the second most attended sporting event, a soccer event in in, in the world, beside, uh, right underneath Chelsea and Liverpool. Yeah. That's sh- too bad the teams weren't like more, more dynamic. I have oh. a friend who's a big Euro snob, and he tuned in to see 75,000. He's like... Both these teams suck, and I'm like, yeah, they they do, especially that that other LA team. Right. But Efren Alvarez had a monster golasso, and as a result of that unbelievable shot, minutes after he gets subbed into the match, Galaxy walk out with another point, or another three points. Another sorry. three points, yeah. So they they're on six. We're tied with a couple of people, and in uh, at four points in third place overall, like we said in the West. So I think it's going to be. A very successful season for LAFC. And by salvaging points like that, we just continue to put ourselves in better position moving forward. LAFC's next match, it's in the city where the heat is on, on out on the beach till the break of dawn. I'm Pink- going to Fort Lauderdale. Oh, <laughs> Pink Flamingo FC Inter Miami is set to host the Black and Gold on Saturday, March 12th. The game is set to kick off at 1.30 Eastern. So at 10. 10- 30 Pacific 10. Yeah, there you go at, at 10 30 Philly 10, 10 30. You and I, my friend were at the tailgate earlier than that. Why, why is 10 30 a problem? That no, means that's, we sleep that's in. when the game starts. I don't even have time for like a chorizo burrito or, or like, I don't know, carnitas. Oh, or, but you will because we'll be doing a thing with 110. Yeah, we're hanging out 110. I'm going to watch the game with them. That'll be a lot of fun. But a 10.30 kickoff here in Los Angeles. And our next home match, it, it's on my birthday. It's on my birthday. We are going to have some fun March 20th against the Vancouver Whitecaps, a 7 p.m. game, which means it's going to be quite the long tailgate and party for Scarf's birthday, which is three matches in March. It's a light start to the schedule 
for the black and gold. And I can't wait. Philly, we are, what, two games in with only three games in March. Actually, what? Yeah, three games in March this month, which is surprising. We had the one in February. We'll have three in March. So a bit of a slower start to our schedule, but that seems like it's going to be a good thing with a couple of injuries kind of healing here. Your thoughts going into week three, having a little bit of downtime to rest, but not much before we take on Inter-Miami. I The never-say-die Nevels as in Fort Lauderdale are going to have their work cut out for them. Inter-Miami does not look like a very good team. I mean, what a... I mean, they're, they're, they're there in terms of like how, how I, I would view Charlotte and how I would view Cincinnati. I don't think we're going to have a problem going down to Miami, provided the boys don't go out uh, for a night on the town prior to the <laughs> prior to the match. But they're not going to be in Miami, so let's just get that right. Y'all are flying into Miami, but y'all are going to be going up north to Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale is not South Beach, and it is also not walking distance or Uber distance for that matter. It's uh, it's, it's not so close. It's not so close. But I, I mean, I think we have a really good opportunity to secure three more points on the road and we get to meet a familiar opponent, a familiar face and somebody you actually know pretty well, that of David Beckham and Bryce yeah. Duke. Bryce Duke with his new logo. He's uh, He's apparently been dealing with a little bit of a knock. He has not been match fit as the kids say so it'll be nice for for some of us to get back and to see bryce duke there in the all pinks but uh you know what wearing his hollister polo yeah right uh i i predict philly we've got we've got two matches where we should be able to come away with six points to close out march obviously inter miami they're just they're just not good they weren't built well they're not run well they were just rushed they're just kind of a disaster and then vancouver I don't know that there's a player on Vancouver that scares me right now. I know they've made a few improvements, but uh, Tristan Blackman. Yeah, it seems like they're Florian uh, Jungver. There you go. It seems like there are a bunch of teams Thomas Hassal. that are he's good that are going to be vying for the bottom of the table in the Western Conference, and then there's a bunch of teams that are going to be vying for the top of the table. There's not. I, I'm predicting this, guys, and this isn't really a Scarf Stradamus prediction, but sure, why not? I'm predicting that there isn't going to be much of a middle of the table in the West this year, which means, yes, I know there will be teams in the middle of the table. But in terms of points, I think you'll have a large cluster up top, maybe the uh, the seven teams that make the playoffs with a vast separation between the seven teams that don't, although I, maybe it's eight or nine teams. It'll be all right. And then just six or seven absolute dumpster fires in the West. But I think it's going to be a great season. I think we're coming away with six points, Philly. And I think the next time we see all of our friends out on Christmas tree lane, it's, it's a celebration to quote Dave Chappelle. So uh, I can't wait Philly. I think we did. Okay. We kept it under an hour on this podcast, right? We Um, we did all right. We we, we have two minute and 30 second window. Yes. I, I love that. We still have to put the intro in and everything else, but you know what, Philly, I think if we talk anymore, people are just going to want to turn us off. So you guys know how we like to end all of our episodes or turn us on. (laughs) Bye -bye. Bye. Bye.